48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Aaron Tam. The headlines. The government has confirmed it won't take any action over a superyacht linked to a Russian billionaire. New research has found a surge in depression cases amongst the elderly during the fifth pandemic wave. And North Korea says its recent missile tests involved tactical nuclear drills to simulate hitting the South. The government says the superyacht linked to a sanctioned Russian billionaire can't stay in Hong Kong waters. Maggie Ho has more on that story. The Marine Department said the 142-metre yacht called Nord dropped anchor in the city's waters last Wednesday. The launch is tied to steel mogul Alexei Moroshov, who's been the target of sanctions from Western countries, imposed in response to the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. In a statement issued late on Sunday night, authorities here said it implements and fully enforces sanctions imposed by the United Nations Security Council. However, it said it does not have the authority to take action on unilateral sanctions imposed by other jurisdictions. The Nord is now moored in the western harbour off Tingyi. A survey has suggested that over one-third of older adults suffered from emotional distress during the fifth wave of the pandemic. Researchers from the Jockey Club Holistic Support Project for Elderly Mental Wellness spoke to around 5,000 elderly people from April to June. They said over 30% of them showed signs of depression, anxiety or loneliness. The research also found a surge in the risk of depression and anxiety compared to 2020. Professor Terry Lum led the study. In the first way, when the large-scale investment affected pretty much every part of the society, including a lot of social workers, a lot of you know, uh, workers in the supermarkets, in the West market, they got infected. So as a result, um, their ability, older people's ability to really carry out their daily function has significantly reduced. And they also worry when they know that you know, people next to them, um, their neighbor also get infected. So the pressure building up at the same time, um, their means to solve their problem and to, to kind of uh, carry out their day-out activity the hospital authority is expanding its remote consultation services so more patients can benefit, especially in rural areas. It allows eligible patients to make appointments and consult doctors via an app without having to visit clinics. More than 45,000 patients have used the service since its launch two years ago. A chief manager with the hospital authority, Michael Wong, says it's eventually hoping to provide delivery of medicine to patients. For the recent designated clinic with telemedicine, we engage a provider to deliver the medications to the COVID patients so that they could get the medications without leaving home. We are planning to expand this service to the other patients who are attending the specialist outpatient clinics. Hopefully in the near future, most of these patients attending telemedicine consultation clinics could get their medication without leaving their door. The hospital authority says the chief executive of its Kowloon West cluster, Dr. Alexander Law, is undergoing isolation after testing positive for COVID-19. The authority said he didn't travel recently and had been conducting daily rapid tests. The authority added his office will be disinfected thoroughly. Overseas now, North Korea says its seven recent missile tests were tactical nuclear drills. The state media said all of them were personally supervised by the North's leader, Kim Jong-un. In its latest launch, North Korea fired two short-range ballistic missiles on Sunday towards the Sea of Japan. Here's the BBC's Suranjana Tawari. 
This latest information from state media really leaves no doubt about the type of missiles that North Korea has been testing. This is specifically designed to carry nuclear weapons. We now know that smaller tactical nuclear warheads that could be used on the battlefield against South Korea, for example. Now, North Korea says it successfully simulated hitting its military bases, ports and airports, and that this is a warning to South Korea and the United States states who have been holding military drills of their own in response to some other missile tests that North Korea has launched in recent weeks. President Putin has blamed Ukraine's intelligence services for Saturday's explosion that damaged the only bridge to the Crimean Peninsula. The explosion has badly affected the flow of traffic across the Kerch Bridge, a crucial supply route for Russia's forces in southern Ukraine. There is no doubt this is an act of terrorism aimed at destroying Russia's critical civilian infrastructure. Its authors, perpetrators and beneficiaries are the security services of Ukraine. The head of Russia's investigative committee claimed that Ukraine had been aided by citizens of Russia and some foreign states. Scotland's First Minister Nicola Sturgeon will accuse Britain's Conservative government of denying democracy and damaging the nations of the United Kingdom when she addresses her party conference later. The head of the Scottish National Party is expected to say that what she called aggressive unionism is damaging the bonds between the UK's nations. The BBC's James Cook has the details. Nicola Sturgeon will argue it's not independence which is fraying the bonds between nations, but aggressive unionism. She'll stress that while England, Scotland, Wales and in her words the island of Ireland will always be family, only independence can turn the relationship into a true partnership of equals. Miss Sturgeon will also accuse Westminster of denying Scottish democracy by refusing to agree to a referendum on independence, a matter to be considered by the Supreme Court in London this week. Venezuela's President Nicolas Maduro has declared three days of national mourning after a torrential rains killed at least 25 people. The downpour caused landslides and flooding in the centre of the country. In the city of Tejerias, one of the worst affected areas, tree trunks, boulders and debris from the surrounding mountains have been washed onto streets and farmland. The Interior Minister, Remigio Sabeos, said a recent hurricane was to blame for the de- Last night, Hurricane Julia produced a low-pressure system that quickly caused flooding. As a result, we had over 100 millilitres of water per square metre, which is a record, equivalent to the rainfall for a month in this area. A thousand emergency personnel are taking part in search and rescue operations. The United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres has told the Security Council that he backs an international rapid action force for Haiti, which is suffering a nationwide security crisis as armed gangs continue to tighten their grip on the country. The BBC's Will Grant reports. The UN Secretary-General's backing for an international force to Haiti to support the country in tackling its crippling gang problem is potentially another step towards seeing foreign troops deployed on Haitian soil. Secretary-General Guterres has suggested that one or several countries might send a rapid action force to Haiti and urged the 15-member Security Council to welcome such a move. He hasn't proposed that a UN force should be sent to the impoverished Caribbean nation, but did appear to indicate that he may boost the UN's capacity in Haiti to support efforts by an international force. 
Scientists say they've found the tallest tree on record in the Amazon forest. It's more than 80 meters tall and growing in a very dense and difficult to access part of the forest. One of the researchers is Jackie Rosette from Swansea University in Wales. It's extremely impressive. When you're standing beneath it, it really fills you with awe and also kind of makes you aware of the of the power of nature to actually store the, the energy from the sunlight to, to put all the, the nutrients into creating such uh, giants. All of the trees that we've found so far are of the same species, Latinum denitia ad celsia, known locally as Angelim familial. And really, they are absolutely adapted to the, the conditions of the, the area. They're only found of this size, I should say, in a sort of pocket in the northeast of the, the Amazon forest in Brazil. And all of the trees which are above 80 meter, which we're calling of, of giant status, are found in the states of Amapá and Pará. It's really due not only to the genetic advantage that they've got in um, having their objective to sort of reach through the multi-story canopy of the of the Amazon forest and reach the reach the sunlight but also an adaptation to to be able to withstand exposure to the the strong sunlight above the the canopy and uh, to wind and uh, and rain events from from that position to finance news, shares in semiconductor companies on the mainland have slumped following the latest U.S. crackdown on China's chip-making industry to try to slow Beijing's technological and military advances. The Biden administration published a sweeping set of export controls on Friday, including a measure to cut China off from semi certain semiconductor chips made anywhere in the world with U.S. equipment. An index measuring China's semiconductor firms tumbled about 5%, and Shanghai's tech-focused board star market declined nearly 3% in early morning trade. Air France and the plane maker Airbus will face involuntary manslaughter charges at a court in Paris today in relation to a crash in the Atlantic Ocean 13 years ago. All 228 people on board Flight 447 died when the plane nosedived into the water en route from Rio de Janeiro to Paris. Records from the plane's black boxes found the pilots had mishandled a temporary loss of data from iced-up sensors and pushed the jet into free fall without responding to alerts. The nine-week trial is not expected to lead to significant financial penalties. And now to sport. We start with football's English Premier League, where Arsenal are back on top. Loose again on the edge of the six-yard box, and Liverpool hammer it away. It's a penalty. It's a penalty for Arsenal. Second jumps on the spot with his left foot. Brilliant penalty. Sticks it away. Arsenal back in front. They lead by three goals to two. Bukayo Saka's penalty helped Arsenal beat Liverpool 3-2 at the Emirates. The win lifted the Gunners one point clear of the champions of Manchester City. Manager Mikel Arteta was full of praise for his players. It was a really high-quality game with, with a lot of moments for, for each game, uh, for each team, sorry. But um, I'm thrilled with the performance, with the attitude that we showed, with the personality and character that we played, especially in the second half. And uh, just to leave moments like this with our crowd in the mood that they are at the moment, it's just, it's just great. Cristiano Ronaldo came off the bench to score the winner as Manchester United beat Everton 2-1. That goal was Ronaldo's 700th in club football. United boss Eric Ten Hag was happy it won all three points for his side. 
it's a massive performance. So congratulations Cristiano with it and uh, happy for him. It's also his uh, first goal this season in the Premier League. So yeah, and it will help him to score more goals in the coming weeks. West Ham United came from behind to beat Fulham 3-1 at London Stadium to record back-to-back wins in the Premier League for the first time since January. Here's the England winger Jared Bowen who got the goal that started West Ham's back comeback. I think the way we started wasn't wasn't good enough for, for us, and we find ourselves a goal behind, which you know is is annoying for us. Um, but then you know we we dug in really well as a as a group, um, got the goal back, um, and then you know we started to control the game a bit more. There's a little bit times we were sloppy, um, but you know all in all we got you know three three more goals as well, um, and you know a great three points. Crystal Palace picked up their first win in five Premier League games by beating Leeds United 2-1 at Selhurst Park. The victory moved Palace three points out of the relegation zone. Manager Patrick Vieira says they were worthy winners. Yeah, we needed it as a team. I think, you know, when you win games, you always create this kind of momentum and belief on the way you want to play. But as a football club and the team, we, we, were, we were calm. Of course, we're looking at the league because the league table doesn't lie. But we didn't get what we deserved in so many games that we played so far. So the quality of our game was there. The, the desire to compete was there game after game. We needed just to turn those good performances into a win. And today we can say that we played especially well. Australian football authorities are investigating allegations of racist chanting at the National Cup final, the latest racist incident to be uncovered at the match. The BBC's Phil Mercer reports. The Australia Cup final between two teams from Sydney was marred by Nazi salutes in sections of the crowd. There was also a chant associated with a far-right Croatian movement and a pre-match Aboriginal ceremony was booed. Jewish groups said the behaviour of some fans was abhorrent. Two supporters have been given lifetime bans from games. More could follow. Australian football authorities and the police are investigating other allegations of racism. The Philadelphia Eagles have maintained their perfect start to the NFL season. Quarterback Jalen Hurts ran for a pair of first-half touchdowns and the Eagles held off the Cardinals in Arizona, winning 20-17 to to improve their record to 5-0. To the weather forecast, fine and very dry, moderate, fresh, northerly winds, occasionally strong offshore, continuing to be fine and very dry in the next few days. It will be cooler in the morning and at night. It's now 26 degrees with the humidity at 49%. To end the news, the top story once again, the government has confirmed it won't take any action over a super yacht linked to a Russian billionaire. New research has found a surge in depression cases amongst the elderly during the fifth pandemic wave. And North Korea says its recent missile tests involved tactical nuclear drills to simulate hitting the South. The news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3. Hell and back again, but 
still acts the same. Have you seen the world is on fire? When I grow up, I wanna be young. Heard you got love, can I get some? Put me up a fresh start. I wish you could say, I wish you could want. Want myself before I was born. Give myself a head start. Looking back, I don't try to hide the cracks. All my bad decisions leave 2020 vision. And home is where I hang my hat. In the Cape Sun on my back. Been locked down but still fighting. And I hope you're by my side. When I grow up, I wanna be young. Jeremy Loops on Radio 3 with a head start. It's the brew for a Monday. In about 25, 20 minutes or so, we're off to Ho Chi Minh City to catch up with our Bureau Chief at Large, Neil Rossiman. Join him on Facebook Live as well. You may remember last year. Absolute pleasure to talk to author and superb photographer Patrick Dransfield. We talked about his book called Track of Time, Moments of Transition. And uh, in that, there were some amazing photographs from Beijing and Datong from China from the 1980s. And boy, that was a real time capsule. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome back to the program Patrick Dransfield, author now of an audio book. It's the Inner Circle Wuxing, book one, Duel of the Sorcerers. Book one's a bit worrying, Patrick. That means there's more. How are you? Yes, yes, we fear <laughs> a sequel. <laughs> there's going to be four sequels. Welcome back to the programme. I tell you, the photographs went down a storm everywhere last year, so you must have been very proud of that little project. Absolutely. Um, you know, really, I was um, rather overwhelmed by the response. I think... Yeah. Um, a lot of nostalgia, Phil, for a different time. But yes, um, that's right. Well, I tell you what, though, anybody who lives in Hong Kong now who had anything to do with Beijing, particularly in the 80s, I remember that. I remember that building. They all come out of the woodwork, don't they? Absolutely, yes. And, um, you know, it was great to get it in the FT as well. That yeah. kind of widened the audience an awful lot. Brilliant. So very grateful to Well, that. with the new one, yeah. which he's recorded... A passion project becomes a reality. It's always nice when that happens. But with the new one, Patrick, I think you are combining your experiences of China, your love of Chinese mystical ways, your... the lot. It's come together, basically. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's um, a kind of COVID story <laughs> and also an FCC story and a Lantau story. So, um, obviously, 
you know, every every journey begins uh, with one's mother. So I think my mother would be quite surprised that one of the characters in the book is actually um, a Constantine Cavafy, the poet. Oh, yeah. He's an incident 